0: Welcome to The Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness
1: with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in to today's Nun Report. We're going to cover, of course, the debate last night. We're going to cover... Trump's rally. I love how he is doing his rallies on the same nights as the debates. I'm glad he's not going to the debates. I think he made the right decision to not be involved, at least at this point. And, you know, probably not at any point. With the lead that he has, and at the rate the rest of these candidates are just beating each other up, and as far as, uh, well, four of the five that are left are just old establishment neocons who really offer nothing new, and that includes uh, Three Inch Heels himself, Ron DeSanctis. I... Like the way Vivek stands out from the crowd, but you know, let's face it. I I think as much as I love him, I love his ideas, and I think he's a good America First patriot, and and quite possibly represents the future of the America First movement. That he he is not quite not quite there yet, and people aren't quite ready for his radical ideas like 1776. He says we need another 1776 or 1775 moment where people of the United States have had enough and they're ready for a change and a, and a revolution. And he means not, not in a violent way, but in a, in a theoretical and in a practical way. And at the polls, we need a revolution that will bring this country back to what it is supposed to be, which is a constitutional republic. Something that the left and much of the right, for that matter, has spent decades diminishing to the point where it's hardly even recognizable from what it was not that long ago, even even 60, 70 years ago. So, uh, so we're going to take a look at the debate, and, and I want to bring up before I before I get into it and, and what kind of my take on things. I want to be very clear here because th- there seems to be a lot of you know people get on this all the time. As everybody knows, I think Vivek has a lot of great things to say. I haven't been quiet about it. I haven't been shy about it. The Soros thing is a bunch of crap. I blew that out of the water. If you want to take a look at it, it's episode 273 on rumble.com slash the nun report. That's where I lay out all the factual information with all the receipts that just blows the whole Soros lie out of the water. So don't even come at me with that. But the one that really bothers me the most is the Trump supporters and the only Trumpers who seem to be just as blinded and just as short-sighted As never Trumpers, they don't seem to understand that the America first movement is bigger than one person. That just because something doesn't spew out of the mouth of Donald Trump doesn't mean it's not a good idea or a good thing or a good policy. Supporting Donald Trump and voting for Donald Trump while at the same time being open to other ideas and other people who may potentially represent the future of the America first movement do not have to be mutually exclusive. Yet it seems like the only Trumpers, Trump or die, Trump or die, Trump or die. Well, you know what? If that's how you feel, you, maybe you will die. Maybe the whole thing will die. Maybe you can't see past the trees into the forest. Maybe you ought to just come out of your bubble a little bit, accept the idea at least At least be open to the idea, because if you're not even open to the idea that somebody else might have good ideas, that somebody else might have some good policies to present, that somebody else might represent the future of the American First movement past Donald Trump, because he's only got four years, even if he does win. If you can't do that, in my opinion, you're no better than a never-Trumper. And in fact, you're as closed-minded as some of the leftist commies that you rail against all the time. So don't come at me with Trump or die. fake sucks. All right. Well, you know what? I'd rather, you know, there's a lot of people who don't think he sucks, including Donald Trump, who speaks well of him and has on multiple occasions spoke well of him. I'd rather go along, you know, with people like, uh, oh, I don't know, Jack Masomek, Raheem Sam, other high-end influencers that didn't jump you know, they're not on the only Trump train. They support Trump, but they're also looking at Vivek because he's a smart guy. He has good ideas, he articulates them well, and he's not afraid to attack the establishment. Anybody who is willing to attack the establishment and the status quo and the deep state is okay with me. And yeah, so I'm going to talk about Vivek a lot. I plan on voting for Donald Trump. Make no mistake, Trump is absolutely the candidate and the person that we need in the White House in 2024 to right this ship. But that doesn't mean Vivek Ramaswamy can't play a part in it, either in the, as a czar or in the administration somehow. You know, maybe even, maybe even uh, you know, there's been lots of things thrown out, Right maybe even chief of staff, maybe right there, Trump's right-hand man getting trained and groomed to take over in 2028. Just an idea. So you only Trumpers, you know, have fun living in your bubble. I choose to accept a broader spectrum of information from a broader spectrum of people in order to stay well-informed and form broader opinions, and the ability to communicate with more people about different ideas, and with people that have different ideas. Because if all you do is you live in your bubble, and you only, you know, you only listen to one person, that person being Donald Trump, and unless somebody else, and take everything he says as gospel, and anything anybody else says as garbage, you know what that is? It's exactly what the left says it is, a fucking cult. All right. Let's uh get that off my chest. Let's get uh let's get into the debate here. Now that I've blown everybody away and nobody's watching. <laughs> that's all right. You only trumpers. We'll see you on the other side. You'll be back. Um let's get into, dive into the debate here, man. Vivek Ramaswamy dove right in. He 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 owned. I mean, an absolute own on his very first response he owned the moderators he owned the other candidates he owned the mainstream media and he owned the establishment and he did it all in the first minute and a half of the debate check this out
2: swami let me turn to you Uh, please make your case why would you uh why should you be the nominee and not the former president I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. It was a cancer the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronald McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. Because this media rigged the 2016 election, they rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story, Ramoswam, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor Governor, Governor Christie. Why?
1: Man, he came out swinging and threw down the gauntlet. That was uh, man. I, I, I did not expect that. I expected Vivek to perform very well. I expected him to uh, be smarter than anybody else on the stage. And I expected him to have, you know, the great America First movements that aren't establishment or neocon movements like everybody or, or ideas like everybody else that was up there on that stage. Because everyone else up there is a big warmonger. DeSantis is probably the least of them, but he's still the same. And and if if DeSantis did make it into the White House, he would cave and capitulate to the left just to get some of his things done. And it would be the same old, same old ball and chain, man, the same old thing over and over. Again, so anyway, I expected Vivek to come out and do well. I did not expect him to come out swinging like that. It was brilliant. It was a great strategy, and it went over very well. It's got, uh, it got, it blew up X, and and he continued throughout the night to come up with some, uh, some real zingers, man. And uh, there's no doubt about who won the debate, and that that is Vivek, and it wasn't even close. wasn't even close. Check this.
3: The first thing I'll tell you is. We all remember what that thug did when he invaded Ukraine. We all know that half a million people have died because of Putin. And here is a freedom-loving...
1: So, Neocon Nikki Haley, uh, I I wanted to preface this a little bit. Sorry, I I missed that opportunity. But um, Neocon Nikki Haley is here talking about how we need to arm Ukraine to the teeth And, you know, Putin's a thug, and the lie that Ukraine is a democracy and freedom-loving country... And so we're going to we're going to let you listen to what Nikki Haley has to say on that. I'm sure you can imagine what it is. But here it is. That
3: half a million people have died because of Putin. And here is a freedom loving pro-American country that is fighting for its survival and its democracy. No, I don't think we should give them cash. I think we should give them the equipment and the ammunition to win. And I'll tell you, if Biden had done it when they first asked for it, this war would be over. But let's also remember this. When you left Afghanistan in shambles and left them with a ton of weapons and money, it's not that we left, it's how we left. When you look at Ukraine, don't think for a second, now everybody wants to move away from Ukraine, they'll want to move away from Israel a year from now. America can never be so arrogant to think we don't need friends. After nine
1: 11 We need to fund wars all over. We need to give them munitions. We need to not abandon them. Ukraine's a democracy, she says. They're a free country. We need to support them. They're not a democracy. They're not a free country. Vivek has a few things to say about that. I do want to back up for a minute on Vivek's opening, and that is, keep in mind, Rhonda McDaniel was in attendance. She was in the audience. And he flat out called her out, gave, hey, come up on the stage and I'll let you resign. You can have my time. She was there. In fact, she gave a big... Gave a big uh, monologue and preamble before the debate with on NBC there. So, uh, so there's a little bit of blood there that's going to get, that's going to come on down the line, but yeah, Ronald McDonald does need to go. She's horrible. She has, all she does is fundraise and doesn't really fundraise for anybody. And in fact, she's going to make sure that Vivek doesn't get a penny after that. And that was overheard. We're going to cover that a little bit later, but, um, I had to go back because I, I, I missed that point that I really wanted to make, that Ronna McDaniel is a piece of uh, human trash. She needs to go. She is a liability to the America First movement. If you are a constitutional conservative, if you believe in a representative republic, if you believe in America First, then you cannot possibly support Ronna McDaniel as the head of the, of the RNC. Can't possibly do it. Anyway, Nikki Haley is calling for a continued war in uh, Ukraine. She's calling for war in Israel. She has also said that we should uh, be able to fight a war against China and Taiwan, and that we need to be able to do all three at the same time. <laughs> Scott was pretty pretty much on the same page, so uh, that's where they're coming from. You know, they're they're all for war. Anyway, uh, what does what does Vivek Ramaswamy have to say? about Ukraine and how does it differ from what neocon Nikki Haley had to say. Check it out.
3: Mr. Ramaswamy, are you persuaded by President Zelensky's urgent new plea? Where
2: do you stand on more funding? I'm absolutely unpersuaded. And I'm actually enjoying watching the Ukraine hawks quietly, delicately tiptoe back from their position as this thing has unwound into a disaster. The first half of this race, I was the only person standing for it. Now they're actually quietly coming around to being more cautious as they should. Level with the American people here. Ukraine is not a paragon of democracy. This is a country that has banned 11 opposition parties. It has consolidated all media into one state TV media arm. That's not democratic. It has threatened not to hold elections this year unless the U.S. forks over more money. That is not democratic. It has celebrated a Nazi in its ranks, the comedian in cargo pants, a man called Zelensky, doing it in their own ranks. That is not democratic. More facts for you that you won't hear from the mainstream in either party or the mainstream media. The regions of Ukraine that are occupied by Russia right now, in the Donbas, Luhansk, Donetsk, these are Russian-speaking regions that have not even been part of Ukraine since 2014, that other people probably couldn't name those provinces for you. Those are the hard facts. And so to frame this as some kind of battle between good versus evil, don't buy it. And I'd like the likes of the, the sharpest of the war hawks on Ukraine, Nikki Haley, to have some accountability and answer: Do you want to use U.S. taxpayer money to fund the banning? Of Look at the smirk on her face. That is actually what's happening. They're using the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. They have banned them. The Ukrainian Parliament just did this last week, supported by our dollars. And I think you owe it to the American people, Nikki, to at least this Mr. one time condemn. That's At least condemn, thank you, that's
3: time. At least Mr. condemn their thank banning you. of Christians. Mr. Or else thank you. We're talking on both sides.
1: Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Mr. Ramaswamy, thank you. Remember, that's the that's the woman who had the disastrous town hall with Donald Trump, right? She got owned. And uh, <laughs> so Nikki Haley had nothing to say, but yeah, we're funding a country that's banning religion. We're funding a country that's banning a free press. We're funding a country that is banning political opposition. We're funding a country that is suspending elections. Democracy, my ass. Ukraine is not a democracy, and they don't deserve to be treated like one, and they certainly don't deserve the support of one. If they're not going to behave like a democracy, they don't deserve our support. Period. I I don't even think they do, even if they were a democracy. They're not a part of NATO. Putin's not going to, as Chris Christie likes to think, oh, if we let them win in Ukraine, they're going to march into NATO and take over the entire European continent. That's just fear-mongering. That's more neocon bullshit from people who just like to spend millions and billions and hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars on war decade after decade after decade. The United States has been at it long enough. I'd say not another penny for Ukraine. They need to start talking about peace. They need to start negotiating a peace. And if that means that some of eastern Ukraine becomes what it already was, which is Russia— So be it, man. That's fine. Because you know what? Nikki Haley brought up half a million people have died. Do we want another half a million to die? Because at some point you have to say, this war can't just go on endlessly forever yet. That's exactly what the neocons and the Democrats are saying, is keep funding them for as long as it takes. Notice how whenever they talk about funding endless wars or spending recklessly like they have, they never... They never talk about it as if it's our money. And it is our money. It's not theirs. They like to think all of the money is theirs, and we only get to keep what they allow us to. That's how they think. So just keep that in mind. Uh, This was another nice little, they they were talking about, uh, start talking about, Joe Biden's son,
2: Hunter Biden, got a $5 million bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending $200 million back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the U.N. Bankrupt or in debt was her family. Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three inch heels? All right, Mr. In which Run case, we've Swanee. got two of them on stage Mr. tonight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, the crowd booed, but keep in mind, this crowd is just a bunch of donors. There's nobody from the actual public there. And I mean, there might be public, but they're, they've given millions of dollars. That's why they're able to be there. Um, his closing line a, another Dick Cheney in three inch heels of which there's two on the stage. (laughs) It's brilliant. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, how can you not think that's funny? DeSantis has been getting, getting a hard time for having lifts in his boots. Nikki Haley obviously wears heels and the inference he made was, was hilarious. And it was a great zinger. I thought it was again, not exactly what I expected from him, but good for him for uh, you know stretching outside of himself and not just being the smart kid on the block. He can also be the snarky kid. He can be the sarcastic kid. He can be the mean kid when need be. And I'm okay with that. Especially when he's lashing out at the establishment and at the, uh, the neocon rhino Republicans that are out there. It was about this time, though. In the debate that this broke out. awesome, Trump, they're chanting Trump one more time. Not the first time they scolded the audience. In fact, after the debate was completely over, one of the moderators scolded the audience. We tried to keep applause to a minimum, but the crowd didn't cooperate. What the fuck, man? That was a ridiculous remark for him to even make. Uh, Tim Scott had this to say. You know, Tim Scott, I couldn't find the clip, and I didn't I didn't edit through the entire debate, but he said that we need to bomb Iran. So that, that was what I got. The big thing I got from Tim Scott is that he wants to go to war with Iran. And he flat out said, we need to bomb Iran. And then this is what's out there you right now. the
4: strike in Iran. If you want to make a difference, you cannot just continue to have strikes in Syria on warehouses. You actually have to cut off the head of the snake. And the head of the snake is Iran. And not...
1: Okay, that may be. But do you really want to start a massive regional conflict over there? Do you really want... So we're going to spend money... In Ukraine, you know, for as long as it takes, we're going to give money to Israel. We're going to then start a broader conflict in the Middle East by bombing Iran directly. Do you think the the Muslim world is pissed off the United States now? You go ahead and bomb Iran. See what happens over there. See what the protests hit the streets here, right here in the United States. You go ahead and you do that. I think there's ways to cut off the head of the snake without without sending in our bombers and and blowing up cities and stuff. All right, this was a, this was a question that everyone answered, check it out.
2: As President of the United States, what would you be urging Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin
1: Netanyahu to do at this moment? Governor DeSantis.
2: I would be telling Bibi, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas.
3: The first thing I said to him when it happened was I said, finish them, finish them.
2: I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border. And then I'll tell him as president of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border.
4: If you want to stop the 40 plus attacks on military personnel in the Middle East, you have to strike in Iran.
1: Bomb Iran. He's got this dude, Tim Scott. You got to strike Iran. <laughs> Man, you could just see his eye. He, his eye actually, rewatch that little clip. His eyes get bigger when he says Iran. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I watched it a few times. I was like, really? His facial expressions say a little more there than I think that he meant to say. um And again, they talked about. Then they carried on about how China has a larger navy than we do, and and we all need to build we need to build more ships, tons more ships, and the United States needs to have the ability to fight wars on three different fronts. We need to be able to handle Ukraine. We need to be able to handle the Middle East. We need to be able to handle Taiwan, and we need to be able to do it all at the same time. They all said that, except Vivek Ramaswamy. He's the only one with a cool head up there. He's the only one that's not making billions. From the military industrial complex. And and, and while they may not be benefiting directly like Nikki Haley has, their campaigns benefit through the PACs and the lobbyists that they can attract. And uh, good for Vivek for not taking any of that money. Um, This is how he responded in more in depth about Israel for those. And I'm playing these longer clips because some of you were probably only watching the Trump rally. I watched both. I watched the debate live, and then I watched a replay of the Trump rally. And um, so for those that did not watch the debate because, oh... Trump only, Trump only, Trump or die, Trump or die. I'm giving you some information here. I hope that you hear it. Between you and the
2: candidates we just heard on this issue, on on what you would tell the prime minister? Not in terms of what I would tell the prime minister, no. In fact, I would go one step further. The founding vision of Israel was based on the idea that they don't want to depend on anybody else's sympathy or direction in defending themselves. So what I would tell Bibi is that Israel has the right and the responsibility To defend itself. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border, and then I'll tell him as President of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. That's his responsibility. This is our responsibility. That's how we move forward. But I want to be careful to avoid making the mistakes from the neocon establishment of the past. Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that set... Thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests, adding seven trillion dollars to our national debt. And Joe Biden sold off our foreign policy. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, got a five million dollar bribe from Ukraine. That's why we're sending 200 billion dollars back to that same country. The fact of the matter is the Republican Party is not that much better.
1: So there you go. And he's right. We sent our treasure and our youth to fight and die in wars that in the end, nothing changed. We went to Iraq for 20 years on the lie of weapons of mass destruction. And now Iraq is in the hands of Iran. Oh, yeah, Iran, Iraq has their own government. They're not part of Iran bullshit. Iran controls Iraq politically and militarily. Make no mistake. We went to war in Afghanistan for 20 years. And for what? A bunch of people died, including Americans, and now Afghanistan is back in the hands of the Taliban, back under the same old Sharia law. Oh, and they're dealing it with billions of dollars of American weaponry and equipment. So what, what have we learned from that? Nothing, nothing. Because they continue to enrich themselves and enrich their masters in the military industrial complex. It's really it's really sick is what it is. And uh let's take take a listen here to this exchange. It was good.
0: Special forces in
1: Mexico. This is this is regarding, you know, how we're going to handle Mexico and the southern border. Yeah. You them stone Cold Dead at
2: the border. One thing I just want to say in how we're talking about this issue is, you know, like Ron, I've actually met many parents across this country who have lost their kids to laced pharmaceuticals that have fentanyl in them. That's the right. only thing I would ask, Ron, I think you'd be on the same page with me on this. Let's not even call that an overdose. Right. That is not an overdose. That is poisoning. If you put that fentanyl in a Big Mac, we would not call that an overdose. You'd call it what it is. It's closer to bioterrorism. <laughs> And I say that because, as it uniquely relates to this crisis, that does warrant more aggressive means to deal with it. So there's a new presidential election in Mexico in 2024. People may not be aware of that. It's going to be someone other than Obrador, who has been a disaster in Mexico. I think he's even mentioned me obliquely in speeches to say that somebody who would do this shouldn't get anywhere near the White House. Well, AMLO, get out of the way. There's going to be someone else in charge. I hope to build a good relationship with that next president of Mexico. We'll use our own military to seal our own southern border. What we need to do is stop using our military to protect somebody else's border halfway around the world when we're short right here at home. Get serious about protecting this border. And then the other thing that hasn't been discussed is the northern border. I'm the only candidate on the stage, as far as I'm aware, who has actually visited the northern border. There was enough fentanyl that was captured just on the northern border last year to kill 3 million Americans. So we got to just skate to where the puck is going, not just where the puck is. Don't just build the wall, build both walls. Can't just complete the wall, use the military to seal the Swiss cheese for the tunnels that they're actually building underneath that wall. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy.
1: There we go. So there's his position on the border. He did also talk, and they all basically agreed on the fact that we need to do paramilitary ops into Mexico and take out the cartels. Uh, they all talked about that. They talked about uh, destroying the distribution line. It was Pretty similar ideas that they all had on how they would go about it. And uh, and so that was, I wanted to give you, Vivek had a little bit of a unique view because he included the uh, northern border along with the, you know, the issue that's going on, even though the majority of it is, is obviously the Southern border. Uh, he's trying to look at it in a larger picture. Again, I got no problem with that. So we're going to move away from this pretty quick. I do want to get into Trump. There's a couple other things I want to cover. There are two more clips I want to play to you from the debate. One was, uh, one where, um, it, it was kind of telling. And again, unexpected, Vivek kind of went after Haley's daughter for using TikTok and, and, or, And Nikki Haley lost it. She lost her cool. She freaked out. That's not how the crowd saw it. They saw it as Vivek being a bully and a mean guy to a woman. Typical political bullshit, right? And uh, that's not how I saw it. What I saw was Vivek throwing something at her. She lost her cool and couldn't handle it. I'd like to know. What does what she think? She's going to become president and people will not attack her family. She becomes the nominee and has to run against the Democratic machine and that they're not going to attack her family. But she thinks she can just keep her family off limits. She better get a little tougher skin. If she can't handle the vague, how in the world is she going to handle Donald Trump or whoever is ending up running in the Democrat Party? Check this out. Laugh at why
2: Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave
3: my Before daughter out of your else. voice.
2: Adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it, and that's actually the point. You have her supporters cropping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just The scum. easy answer.
1: Leave my daughter out of your voice. Mm. Okay, Mother Hen. I get I get that you want to protect your family, especially your daughter. Get it. But you're running for president of the United States, okay? You cannot lose your cool like that. You can't get and and then you know again, I he he, he attacked her. Um that's what you do when you're in politics. He's learning that you have to kind of expose and and, and push and jab the perimeter around your opponent. So they can show them true, their true selves. And, and and again, if she can't handle Vivek poking at her like that after she began the argument by ridiculing him for joining TikTok, then how is she going to handle anything? she going to handle being president of the United States when she loses her cool like that? Okay, uh, Vivek closed out the night in a powerful way, just as powerful as he opened it, in my opinion. And this will be the last clip we play of Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm sure a lot of you are tired of it. But I did want to demonstrate that the guy has some good ideas. He can hold his own. He's smart. He's articulate. Don't just dismiss the man because he's not Donald J. Trump. He could very well, potentially, possibly, represent the future of the America First movement. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having a contingency? What's wrong with having a longer view you know, a bigger vision than just Trump 2024 or die. You know, that's pretty, a pretty childish stance, actually. Anyway, um, this was the closing. This is how he closed. Again, taking jabs at the establishment. Check it out.
2: I'll shut down the deep state. I'll declare economic independence from China. I'll keep us out of World War III and then revive national pride in this country. I also want to close with one message to the Democrat Party. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even the president of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside, end his candidacy now, so we can see whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. Just tell us the truth so we can have an honest debate.
1: That's it. And the crowd liked it. Very much. So it, it, some of the aftermath was it? Uh, Ronald McDaniel overheard trashing Vivek Ramaswamy in debate audience. This was during the debate. This has been reported by several people. It, it, he's an asshole, total asshole, McDaniel, <laughs> McDaniel said. He's desperate because he's doing bad in the polls. He won't be getting a cent from us. What a vindictive bitch. Wow. And this is why she's so horrible at at being the party chairs, because this is her attitude. She gets a personal vendetta against you. You won't be getting a cent. Okay. That's kind of not how you win, but, you know, whatever. Uh, She also loudly booed him during his exchange with Nikki Haley, according to the person sitting nearby. So she's booing uh, a presidential candidate for her party. She was in complete meltdown mode over Vivek, the source said this was in the middle of the audience, within earshot of fifty people. I find that very easy to believe. I, I think it's incredibly easy to believe. This was after the debate. They he, Vivek had words with Rana. Check it out.
4: It looks like he's speaking now to, to Ronna McDaniel. can't make her up exactly, but it looks like they may be having the exchange. Look, this was a big debate. Uh, Vivek came out here. He attacked the moderators. He attacked the media. He attacked the RNC for setting up this debate the way it was. And, and for a lot of the debate, he was on the attack. It was Vivek, first the rest of the room. When we look at the rest of the candidates and who received a lot of that incoming, we start with Nikki Haley. It then goes to Governor Ron DeSantis, who was center stage, of course, the hometown hero, if you will, in his state of Florida, And then Vivek in third place, uh, getting other attacks as well. But
1: he clearly was. Yeah, he was clearly on offense, clearly on offense. And then this was uh, NBC in their post debate wrap up. Uh, Clearly, they said that Vivek was the uh, he was on offense. Vivek was clearly the winner. Uh, There was no doubt about it. This is what they had to say. Check it out.
4: Trump well, how would you rate how how former ambassador Nikki Haley and Governor Ron DeSantis handled Vivek Ramaswamy? Because because I think that if you can't handle Vivek on this debate stage, how are you going to handle Donald Trump again?
1: Yeah, if you can't handle Vivek on this debate stage, how are you going to handle Donald Trump? That's the question. That's what he's saying is Vivek clearly dominated the stage. Vivek clearly got under their skin, and they they clearly were trying to they, they were backpedaling and responding to him. Versus him responding to them. Some have
4: some good moments. Some have some cringe moments. I thought the back and forth was interesting. It's obvious that Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley do not like each other. They went after each other the whole time. Ron DeSantis got into it to some degree uh, with the China issue in South Carolina. They went back and forth over that. Listen, I do think that DeSantis and Haley clearly are a cut above the rest of the field at this point. <laughs> Nowhere near where Trump is, obviously, but they are separating themselves. You're right. It was a very Substantive debate. They didn't step on each other. It wasn't a melee and they weren't yelling at each other. It didn't look like a food fight. They were trying to tell the American people, here's where we need to take this country. And I'm the a- best.
1: Now, this guy is, he's, he's a, he's a establishment crony. He's a, he's a useful idiot. He wants more of the same. The first guy clearly saw that Vivek won and was, was dominated the stage. And, uh, but but some of these people, they just can't get past, well, he doesn't behave like a politician. He doesn't behave like everybody else. Isn't that a good thing? You only Trumpers out there, I ask you. You don't like Vivek because he's not Trump, but he's also not the establishment. Isn't that a good thing that everyone says? Oh, he's a loose cannon. He's he's got crazy ideas. He's these are all the reasons you love Trump. Oh, Vivek is too much like Trump, and that's a bad thing? Would you rather he was nothing like him at all? I think you better do a little self-examination. Just my opinion. Okay, moving on here, we're going to we're going to bounce to a few different topics and we'll take a look at some cuts from the Trump rally because it was exactly what you'd expect from a Trump rally. This is kind of a disturbing story. Apparently, there were some photographers now. Granted, not employees of certain networks, but photographers that that freelance and regularly sell their sell their material to CNN, uh, the Associated Press, et cetera, et cetera. Some they were embedded with Hamas during their incursion into Israel and got a lot of exclusive footage because of it. This is the story. There's
4: disturbing new information about. Photojournalist who documented the Hamas infiltration and slaughter of 1,400 Jews on October 7th. On Wednesday, we learned an organization called Honest Reporting broke a story about six Gaza-based freelancers from CNN, The New York Times, Reuters, the Associated Press, who appeared to be embedded along with Hamas. A Reuters journalist photographed a lynch mob brutalizing an Israeli soldier. So grotesque, we actually can't, couldn't show it to you there. And here you can see two photographers snapping photos of terrorists as they kidnapping a the woman there that was on that motorcycle. And then there was another selfie that we saw uh, someone took in front of a burning Israeli tank. CNN cut ties with the Gaza freelancer mentioned in the report. The Associated Press says that it had no knowledge of the October 7th attacks before they happened. But Rob and Charlotte, this is sick. OK, for everybody at home, I know it's still early in the morning. Maybe you're si- sipping your coffee. Just just put it in perspective. Think about this. Imagine the Taliban tipping off a news network before 9-11 or somebody tipping off before a school shooting. And instead of trying to prevent that massacre and that loss of life, they showed up to photograph it. Yeah. It's grotesque. It's wrong. And I hope.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting. If that's true, if that report is true, if these photographers were, in fact, hanging out with the terrorists and just so they could get pictures of them slaughtering innocent women and children, there's a special place in hell for people like that, I believe. And then uh, I want to touch base on this story. This I talked about a little bit yesterday. The FBI is after a J6 uh, person. This is almost three years after uh, the J6 incident the protests, and the few people that got out of hand, they are still going after people. This is the FBI. Keep in mind, the FBI just, they want to build a $300 million new complex because they say the J. Edgar Hoover building is falling apart. So they they want $300 million to build a new headquarters that is larger than the Pentagon. Larger than the Pentagon. The FBI, want they want more space. Then the apparatus that protects our national and international security. And 70 House Republicans voted with Democrats to give them exactly that so they could do more of this.
2: Now to the urgent manhunt 40 miles outside New York City at this hour in Middlesex County, New Jersey, after a suspect wanted in the January 6th attack... Evaded authorities. This was the scene in central New Jersey today. A massive police presence. The FBI and SWAT teams called in. ABC Stephanie Ramos on the scene for us tonight.
5: An all-out manhunt tonight in this small central New Jersey town, just 40 miles southwest this. of New York City. After this man, wanted in connection to the attack at the Capitol... They're looking for one person. evaded arrest. Gregory Yetman fleeing on foot into the wooded area near his home. Police searching from the sky and on the ground. According to USA Today, Yetman is suspect number 278 AFO, wanted for assault of a federal officer, pictured at the Capitol in these photos on the FBI's website. In an interview earlier this year, Yetman indicated he was at the Capitol that day, but said he did nothing wrong. The FBI leading the multi-agency manhunt in the town of Helmeda. Officers in tactical gear, looking in vehicles, teams moving through backyards with long guns. And Look at this. Rates. There were officers running through everybody's yards, um, asking questions. Even though the sun has gone down, we can still see Joint Terrorism Task Force agents going door to.
1: Imagine, imagine, if you will, a world, a country in which. The authorities cared about securing the southern border as much as they cared about a manhunt for a single protester from January 6th. One person. They got a platoon of freaking armored up, kitted up military type people there with long rifles, military vehicles, canines, helicopters too, I'm sure. All in a, in a manhunt for this dangerous January 6th protester that we must arrest and put in prison for 20 years. A threat to our democracy. Give us $300 million for a new building, by the way. Yeah, piss off, man. I'm going to say something now that I, I never really thought I would say. And uh, I'm not going to eat crow because I didn't disagree with anybody on this point. But I am going to uh, just say I, I am surprised. This is something that uh, my wife has actually brought up uh, several times over the last couple of years. And I, I agree with her because if I don't, well, you know, you guys, you know, right? Anyway, but I actually do agree with her on this. <laughs> don't, come on, I was joking, joking. Um, but anyway, I actually agree with something that Jen P. Psaki tweeted, and uh, I do have a little extra twist on it, but Jen Psaki tweeted this, and and she, I don't know why she's trying to target GOP candidates on this, but um, but whatever. Um, she said, Dear GOP candidates, right now we tax the first 150000 of everyone's earnings, which goes to Social Security, but we don't tax what people make after that. I don't know if most of you know that. That's why a A cop and a firefighter pay on every dollar, and a hedge fund guy doesn't. If you fix it, it could extend solvency. Yes, it would not solve the insolvency of Social Security, but it would definitely extend it. So basically, Social Security stops being taken out of your income at $150,000 threshold. So the, the argument is, okay, well, someone makes more than $150,000. They're not paying any additional. Why does it stop there? And it makes sense, right? Why would you stop there? Because if someone's making more than 150 grand, they're probably doing okay. And they can continue to pay into the social security fund without a problem. Here's why it doesn't happen. Because fine, I believe that you should do that. I don't think that it should ever stop. I think that there should be not a $150,000 threshold that it should go on forever here's where you run into the run into the the, the problem is it's not only employee that pay into social security the employers also pay into social security so you see if you don't stop it at $150,000 the employers also continue to get taxed here's and so, and so that's why we'll never get passed because they have the, the corporations and, and the companies they have, nobody wants to, you know, hurt businesses like that. And especially large donors like that. So here's what you do. Keep the employer's portion. Because Keep in mind, the employer is never going to get any benefit out of social security at all, ever. So keep them capped at $150,000. They don't have to pay. The employee who is going to continue, who is going to get a benefit from Social Security at some point in the future should they live that long, continues to pay forever. I think it's it's a good solution. I think it's a good compromise. I think it's something that could pass if it was pushed by the right person anyway yeah i agreed with jen pisaki unbelievable right it's uh, but it happened so on to on to broader horizons president trump held a rally also in florida and this was the lineup before you got in as you've come to expect from every trump rally because trump is the man for 2024 make no mistake he's far and away the front runner of the republican party he's going to become the nominee regardless of his indictments and legal issues there is not another candidate Republican or Democrat who can generate this sort of excitement and draw this sort of crowd for anything and Trump does it on a regular basis why would he go to the debate and have to share time with four or five other people when he can go here and get his message out in a two-hour address to supporters. I said it earlier. He is right for not having attended the debates. Now, when it gets down to the last person or two, Should he? Maybe. And I think he'll evaluate that when the time comes. But right now, he's getting his message out. He's getting it out to a larger audience with larger viewership. On on One American News, on Right Side Broadcasting. Right Side Broadcasting carries every live rally. You can watch that on Rumble. In fact, I, I would suggest subscribing to Right Side Broadcasting on Rumble. And so what's what's more, uh, let, let, let the debaters fight for second place. And Trump, who is the Republican Party, who is the face of the America First Movement, he is not the America First Movement. I want to reiterate that. The America First Movement is bigger than any single person. The America First Movement is about you. It's about me. It's about like-minded patriots who believe in returning America to a constitutional republic and putting America first, okay? But this is what you get from the face of that movement. You're not going to see this anywhere else. Gives me goosebumps every time. Even though I've seen his rallies over and over again, it's uh, it's something it's something special here, people. I hope that you realize what a special moment in history this is, and what a great opportunity we have, and how how fortunate we are and blessed we are to have a representative of America, as we do with Donald J. Trump. And uh, I spent the first half of the show talking about the fake, but make no mistake, I am on the Trump train. I never got off. But I explained to you why I also continue to listen to other people. Here's a few clips from the, from the rally. Check it out.
0: On day one, I will terminate every open borders policy of the Biden administration, and we will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in American history.
1: I think the crowd likes that. <laughs> Biggest deportation. And, and again, all the all the candidates running have talked about deporting as well, primarily uh DeSanctis and Vivek. Um but of course, there are a lot of I'm I'm not saying that. Everyone says, well, Vivek hasn't, he's just saying the same things that Trump does. Would you rather he said things that Trump didn't? I mean, come on. Let's be realistic here. Let's be adults about this.
0: But every time I'm indicted, I consider it a great badge of honor because I'm being indicted for you. Thanks a lot, everybody. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm being indicted for you. I never forget our enemies want to take away my freedom because I will never, ever, ever let them take away your freedom. I won't let it happen.
1: Thanks, man. Thank you for representing Americans in America. I think this is the same clip. You know.
0: But every time I'm indicted... It is the same sit-
1: clip. Look at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at this one. (laughs) But like power-hungry regimes all over the
0: world, just because they put the word democratic in their name does not make it true. The radical left, democrat, communists are against voter ID. Therefore, open borders. How about that? Open borders where criminals come in from all over the world. They're for massive censorship and blacklisting. They're for shredding the Constitution, gutting the rule of law and threatening their political opponents with violence and ruin. Remember, we are not the ones endangering American democracy. We are the ones saving American democracy. We are saving it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We're the ones saving it. Although, you know, it's interesting – When you look at what the Biden regime has been doing, they've been going after political opponents. They've been rigging elections. They've been trying to silence those and censor those who have different thoughts and ideas than them. And they're doing it via the private sector of social media platforms such as Facebook and used to be Twitter no longer because X is allowing speech. Facebook, YouTube, Google, they are pawns of the leftist extreme commie Democrats. And so it's interesting when Hillary Clinton come out and says this, of course, she goes on The View, right? Why wouldn't she?
3: What, in your view, would happen if he were to be reelected? Oh, I can't even I can't even think that because I think it would be the end of our country as we know it. And I don't say that lightly, you know. I hated losing, and I especially hated losing to him because I had seen so many warning signals during yes. the campaign, but I immediately said, look, we have to give him a chance. So she got we drunk. we got to support, you know, the president we have, and I meant it, and I tried really hard, and then literally from his inauguration on, it was nothing but, you know, accusing people of things, making up facts, de- denying the size of the crowd at his own inauguration, and... I- Everything that I worried about, I... From
1: the moment he got elected, he was the one making things up while she was the one pushing the fake fucking steel dossier. The Department of Justice and FBI was in on the scam to try to discredit and disrupt the Trump administration from day one. And she's, again, as I said, over and over, whatever they say the Republicans are doing is exactly what they're doing themselves. From day one, she had... From from before he was even before election day. They're pushing the Russia collusion hoax, which is proven to be complete and utter bullshit. The steel dossier, which was made up. The FBI <laughs> and Department of Justice suppressing information and investigating a candidate for the United States of America. Wiretapping his fucking room. But no, no, Trump is the bad guy who's been trying to target political opponents, and <laughs> it's freaking pathetic, right? <sighs> I think so. There is. I'm going to end this on a note of good news, and that is this: there is some justice after all. Uh, leftist radicals, Hamas terrorist supporters, who have been tearing down. Uh, posters of children and other hostages lost in Gaza are being arrested in New York City. We didn't know this was private property. Doesn't matter. Anyway, that makes me happy. On that note, I want to thank you for watching. If you've just been listening on one of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. Please subscribe. If you watch the video, please give it a thumbs up. That's how it gets into the algorithms better. So it gets more exposure. It means a lot and it really does help. So that's rumble.com slash the nun report. Give it a follow. If you watch the video there, give it a thumbs up. That's like a like. Right, same thing. It's called a rumble there, but it's alike. Anyway, you find me on all the socials at the Nun Report, except for TikTok because so I don't do that. me BS and Twitter, now X, because there I am at Nun Report. So remember, everywhere else at the Nun Report, X at Nun Report, or just go to my website, thenunreport dot com, and you can you can find everything right there and link into everything from one stop. Pretty easy, huh? Anyway, hey. Thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.